Welcome to the Agoracom podcast, where investors discover great small cap companies. Thank you for taking Agoracom with you and make sure to follow our podcast. Welcome to Beyond the Deck, a product of Agoracom in which we go through a company's PowerPoint presentation to give investors a better comprehensive understanding of what a company is doing. And that can't be better said than for the company we've got on today. Ortho Regenerative Technologies with us is Phil Deschamps, CEO. Uh, for those who don't who are new to the story uh, and are interested in watching this, it's very easy to understand the, com the, the company and what it does. Have you or someone you know or an athlete, now they're watching playoffs for NHL, NBA, and global soccer, ever torn a muscle, rotator cuff, meniscus, cartilage? Unfortunately, I now fall into that category because my daughter, unfortunately, tore her ACL over the weekend in soccer. Uh, well, we all think that care and repair is pretty standard, but the fact of the matter is there's a massive problem with failure rates. Rotator cuffs are anywhere from 40 to 95%, meniscus 20 to 40%, cartilage 15 to 35%, uh, something that's very well, not very well known to the market. So the strong need for more effective treatments, that's where ortho regenerative comes in because they have a proprietary restore technology platform that dramatically improves the success rate of orthopedic and sports medicine surgeries. Uh, and we're going to find out how uh, through this beyond the deck uh, when we go through with Phil. But suffice to say, it's a massive $10 billion market opportunity. Just rotator cuffs alone, uh, there are 600,000 annual surgeries. Meniscus tears, there's 1.2 annual surgery. So it's a massive market. And the company Uh, just got FDA clearance to proceed with their U.S. clinical trials. So without further ado, Phil, welcome back. Can't wait to go through the deck here. Well, thank you, George. Uh, always nice to be back. And uh, I, uh, I hope that your listeners uh, will uh, will appreciate getting to understand uh, the good old uh, homegrown Canadian technology. Uh, this is uh, one that we uh, hope to explore around the world, but it's uh, born out of uh, the Polytechnique in Montreal. Uh, so I'm uh, not only uh, a big believer in the technology, but really proud of my, uh, my home province. And this, by the way, before we get into the deck, this FDA clearance that you recently received to proceed with, with the US clinical trial, that was actually pretty, uh, pretty big because you had, you had mentioned in the last interview that the US uh, uh, FDA had kind of put a moratorium on these things for the last two, three years. Just give us a little bit of sure. Uh, so essentially, there. yeah, George. Uh, sorry to interrupt you. So um, what happened is uh, is uh, everybody understands, and and it'll become clear to your listeners uh, when we we talk about what what's actually happening in the body. Uh, that uh, when you repair these kind of tissue, uh, they uh, they they retear a lot, uh, and uh, and so people have been trying to find a way to uh, to make those repairs better for a long long time by using uh, PRP or platelet rich plasma. They're trying stem cells. They're trying adipose tissue. Uh, and there was really no regulation uh, around any of those things. Um, and in 2017, FDA basically said, look, uh, there had been a, a couple of uh, really bad uh, cases, a couple of deaths, and uh, wow. uh, by uh, infection uh, being caused by uh, products that were just not properly um, uh, prepared. 
because they all uh, restorative technologies all uh, usually uh, combine a couple of things that uh, including uh, human human tissue or or, or blood uh, that uh, that helps restore and so FDA basically said look we're going to make these uh, go through a, a biologic license uh, application uh, which requires uh, full blown animal data and then once the animal data comes back clean then you do human trials and that's what they uh, cleared for us back in December uh, and uh, and now as I'll uh, go through the uh, go through the deck here uh, bring everybody up to speed on uh, on what we're doing on that all right let's pop up that deck because seeing is believable while you're popping it up I'll just babble a little bit but you know <laughs> it's, it's so great for everyone watching at home and if you're listening by podcast you probably want to end up watching this at some point but what's so great about it is that this is something that is very very visual because you've got uh, muscle you've got tissue that's torn and uh and being repaired and it's and it's very very visual and and, uh, and given how big of a problem it is i'm excited about seeing what you guys potentially have a solution so uh okay. there it is right on screen uh take it away all right so as i mentioned uh ortho regenerative technologies we're focused on soft tissue repair so i guess the first thing is what the heck is soft tissue Soft tissue is, uh, are things like ligaments, tendons, cartilage, uh, uh, meniscus. Those are all things that are soft tissue. Uh, and, uh, and that's uh, in particular, uh, what I'll, I'll show you is, uh, is just uh, uh, is designed not to tear uh, because there's not a lot of repair systems in the body. And that's, uh, what, uh, that's the problem we're, uh, we're trying to solve here. Um, so uh, just a little bit of uh, the first part, I just wanted to make sure that everybody sort of understood the, the company. So we're a, a Canadian public company. We're listed on the Canadian Securities Exchange uh, under, uh, under uh, O-R-T-H. ORTH, sorry, uh, and on the QB in the US, uh, ORTIF. Uh, market cap uh, fluctuates between seven and 10 million bucks. Uh, and uh, about $20 million has been invested here uh, already uh, in the last uh, five or six years. Um, and uh, we're focused on the $12 billion, as you pointed out, uh, $12 billion soft tissue market. Um, and uh, we have, uh, in fact, have been cleared, as you uh, mentioned back in December. Uh, and uh, and I'll, uh, I'll describe uh, where we are in the clinical trial a little bit later, uh, but uh, most proudly, uh, it is uh, IP from uh, the Polytechnic at the University of Montreal. Uh, and interestingly, uh, unlike a lot of companies, uh, Ortho Regenerative actually uh, bought the IP. Uh, so uh, no ongoing license fees or anything like that. It, it completely Yeah, and that's it. very uncommon. A lot of times yeah. you license it and that's then right. have some rev share going forward. Uh, you yep. guys bought it outright. That, that's exactly right. So then we uh, we talk. Why now? Uh, why is this a, a good story to think about now? Uh, we, uh, uh, for reasons that I'll explain in a in a couple of minutes here, um, we're actually in the regulatory lead uh, following the FDA decision to require uh, a, a BLA or biologics license application for regenerative products. Um, and uh, you may want to say that uh, sometimes it's be it's better to be lucky than good. Uh, all of this was going on when Polytechnic was uh, was generating this uh, this technology, so they didn't know any better but to follow the book. So they'd already engaged in the uh, in the uh, the animal trials, and lo and behold, uh, when the moratorium came through, they were uh, ready to uh, to finish those trials and start the human ones. So we made the application. So out of the confluence of those kinds of things, uh, we're actually in the lead. Uh, so we're the first. Uh, we're the first organization to do a PRP uh, study in regenerative uh, technology and soft tissue. So, uh, and, and a so lot that, of that can be uh, a lot of that can be credited to being a Canadian company where we're not running and gunning as fast as we can to get to the market. 
Canadians actually do things a little slower and and more more detailed, right? So yeah, and methodically, I would, uh, it off. I would put it. <laughs> so the other uh, the other reason is uh, this is a very very large market. Uh, you mentioned it, uh, George. About eleven million tendon injuries. So think of uh, tennis elbow. Uh, Achilles heel, overuse injuries, all those kinds of things, and about three and a half million dollars uh, soft tissue repair surgeries across the U.S. with a very high failure rate. Uh, and uh, this is a uh, a large and attractive market. Um, and what I what I mean by that, and the third point's a little more subtle, uh, but uh, your listeners will will appreciate. Um, uh, the 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 when you uh, when a, a company develops a, an innovation. Uh, that's the first part. Uh, the second part is then you have to uh, go into the marketplace and create the market for that innovation because by definition, if it's innovative, uh, doctors don't know about it. But here in this case, uh, doctors have been trying to find a way to bring PRP to the repair of soft tissue for years and years and years, uh, years and years, about 10 years. Uh, and it was through that, uh, that desire to do that, that, uh, that uh, a few players uh, who were surgeons didn't, uh, uh, didn't prepare the materials that well and some infections were caused. So essentially that's when the FDA basically said, stop. Uh, and, uh, and so when uh, this uh, product gets cleared or if the product, product gets cleared, the market's already created. So uh, we're not gonna need to create, uh, spend millions and millions and tens right. of millions of dollars usually to create this market. So it's pretty cool. Uh, so I'm gonna do this uh, slide really quickly because we already spoke about the fact that uh, about a $10 billion market opportunity, uh, rotator cuffs about 600,000 uh, surgeries, as you mentioned, 8 million uh, injuries for the tendons and tendinopathies and uh, meniscus tears, that's in your knee, uh, about uh, half a million surgeries a year. Um, assuming about a $2,000 price for our technology, uh, that's, uh, again, about a, a $10 billion market for us. So very- And Phil, uh, by the way, is this market growing because as the North American market ages demographically, we're, do, do we expect this to be a growing market over time? Is it grow at three or 4% a year from this actually, for the next uh, 10 years? Great question, George. Uh, actually, there's a lot of syndicated work because this is a large market. So the syndicators uh, want to follow the markets that uh, that that are large, uh, and they put it uh, over the next seven years at uh, about seven percent CAGR every year. Wow, uh, that's pretty so, big. Uh, yep, good large. Uh, so every ten years, the market doubles roughly at that uh, at that rate. So by the end of this decade, it's a twenty billion dollar market. That's right. So, um, so this is a, this is an important slide uh, because uh, when innovative technologies uh, come out, uh, you've got to have a problem to solve uh, that is uh, so far unsolved, uh, unsolved, right? And so uh, we started, and uh, you'll see that our, our, our clinical trials in rotator cuff, uh, and uh, it's uh, when you see this slide, it's pretty self-evident why. Uh, the failure rate for this uh, for this surgery is uh, is really really high. Uh, That's just shocking when I see that number twenty to ninety five percent. That's twenty to ninety five percent. You know, on average, uh, and I was uh, talking to a lot of surgeons and uh, over the last uh, several weeks, and uh, and they say, look, uh, if it uh, if it tears, it tears fast. It's usually uh, three or four months after the the surgery, so uh, so we'll know fairly quickly 
how uh, how different uh, it is when you uh, you use our restore platform uh, to work. Meniscus uh, not as bad, uh, but uh, certainly still a high unmet need and uh, tendinopathies. And now remember, tendinopathies is not necessarily a tear. Uh, again, when you have tennis elbow or golfer's elbow or, or uh, your Achilles heel is, it's an overuse injury. It just doesn't heal well. Uh, well, this is a, a something else that uh, that may be able to uh, to uh, to help. Well, look, meniscus at an average of 30% and tendinopathy at an average of about 25% in there. Yep. That's still pretty big. You know, those are still pretty big failure rates. And for and, someone and who's large injured, amount of surgery, you, I, I don't like those odds. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's absolutely the case. So what, what is our solution? Uh, the, the product of the company is called OrthoR. Uh, you'll, you'll quickly get the pattern here. OrthoR for rotator cuff, OrthoT for tendinopathy, OrthoM for meniscus. And you see that all those three oh. are the same color because essentially we are pretty confident that, uh, that the same product is going to be able to satisfy all three of those markets. Uh, when we think about it a little bit further uh, for wound healing and, uh, and osteoarthritis, we think that a separate potion is going to be needed. Uh, but uh, And so I'm not really going to talk about those two other products, but what we're talking about here is a platform and a technology that we own, uh, and we can make all of these different uh, uh, combinations uh, and make sure that, uh, that we're able to, uh, to, to, to grow and satisfy this market. Um, so here, here is a, a really key slide uh, for your listeners because uh, it's not so much the words, it's the picture. Uh, when you see the picture here, you see, oh gosh, there's a, there's a bad tear on the right-hand picture. Uh, but what's more important to the story here is that the picture is white. So this is true color. That's the first thing you notice is it's white because it's tendons and soft tissues are not vascularized. So there's no blood supply. And what role does blood play other than keeping the oxygen flowing around your body? It carries all of the repair systems of the body. Uh, so that's why doctors have been trying to bring uh, blood first. They just actually whole blood was the first thing they tried. And then uh, in the, uh, and then they, uh, they because essentially there's, uh, there's no vascularization. So when this repairs, so you essentially, uh, the, the, the standard of care today is just bringing the torn part together. So look at the, uh, the right-hand picture. You're just gonna sewing it together? You're gonna sew it together. You're gonna put okay. anchors uh, or staples in there. And then the, the standard of care is stay immobile for four to six weeks, do not move. Because that's when the, the right. that's when the, the tissue is uh, is starting to repair itself, and it repairs itself with scar tissue. Scar tissue is very fragile, uh, and uh, and so that's why it's so uh, it's so uh, apt uh, to re tear. So that is absolutely uh, the problem in a nutshell. And I could read all the words here, but that's uh, the picture tells a thousand words, as they say here. That's the most important uh, issue. And, and the cool part for the company is that surgeons know this. And in fact, as we're speaking right now, the American uh, Arthroscopic Surgery Association meeting is happening and the biologics meeting is happening in San Francisco at the same time. Uh, and my uh, chief medical officer just uh, wrote me a, a, an email uh, in a presentation this morning, and, uh, and the presentation headline was, we need to bring repair systems to soft tissue. So uh, it was music to my ears and music to our ears uh, as the, uh, the launch of the, the conference was done with that very question. Uh, okay, so what what is uh, what is uh, Ortho R? Uh, Ortho R is our uh, is is the product that we're talking about here. And uh, to understand what Ortho R is, you have to understand what rich pla platelet rich plasma is. 
So uh, think of uh, PRP you know, for everybody. Yeah, PRP. Yep, yeah, PRP, uh, and that's uh, overwhelmingly. If you search PRP on the internet, that's what you're going to uh, you're, you're going to get a lot of hits uh, because uh, people have been trying to deploy this for a long time. So PRP is about 10% of your blood. Uh, it's uh, it uh, it's not a particularly dense part of your blood because uh, as you see it floats on top of the platelets uh, of the, the red blood cells on the on the bottom here on the on this picture, um, and uh, and it actually contains about five times more platelets uh, than other parts of the blood and the platelets deliver things that are called fibrins and leukocytes and uh, growth factors that are actually the repair system of the body. Just think about when you cut yourself. So you're using your own blood at the end of the day. That's the important part. That's also a really important point, George, because uh, uh, essentially uh, I'll talk about the other parts in a second here, but yes, you're using your own blood. Uh, and so what the FDA was concerned about is, uh, is uh, when the reconstitution of these, uh, uh, of these products uh, happened, uh, you know, you're using uh, biologicals, uh, you're losing, using blood. So they wanted to make sure they were done under uh, sterile conditions. And, and I'll talk about that uh, a little bit later. So everybody uh, understands you cut yourself. Uh, the first thing that happens is you bleed. A scab is called, uh, is, is created on, your, uh, on the cut. Uh, and that's what then delivers uh, all of these uh, repair systems. So the idea of the company is to find a way to deliver this PRP, which alone is like, it's thinner than water. Uh, uh, so it, it essentially runs away. So when you inject it in the body without uh, the OthoR technology, it essentially stays on site for three, four hours, uh, maximum 24 hours, uh, and then it dissipates. So it doesn't provide a lot of, uh, uh, a lot of the repair system. Um, and, uh, and then often, if, you're, uh, if for those of you out there that have uh, used PRP, you have to go back three or four or five, 10 times uh, with your uh, uh, physician to inject it every day uh, because it just doesn't stay. So the idea of, uh, of the technology and, uh, and I, uh, I, what I found really attractive about this company and why I wanted to come in and, and, and develop this and manage it is it's elegantly simple. So Kytazan is what's called a biopolymer. Uh, it's been around for 30 years. Uh, so uh, Kytazan has been proven safe. Uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, uh, it's available and, and, uh, and it doesn't, uh, as I said, it, it, it's proven safe. The particular quality that Kytazan has is it has a positive charge. They call it a cation. So it's a par par uh, positively charged uh, molecule. And tissue in your body is negatively charged. So positive, yeah. negative, and that's the binding mechanism. So think of uh, the chitazan as the glue. Ortho-R is, uh, is the potion uh, that uh, we created. It's primarily a salt uh, called uh, calcium chloride. Uh, so not quite sodium chloride, which is table salt, but very, very similar. So nothing too, uh, too earth shatteringly sophisticated here. There's a couple of other uh, products in, but principally it's salt. And what's the role of that? It's to create coagulation. So remember I said PRP is like water. So this uh, salt and the- Injective just kind of runs off sooner or exactly. later. Exactly. You got to keep, it's kind of like, you got to keep basting a turkey. That is cool as you keep basting turkey, turkey because <laughs> it runs off, right? That's a great way of, uh, that's a great analogy. I'm going to use that again, George. Uh, I, I'm going <laughs> to, that's a, that's a great way of putting it. So the ortho R uh, make, uh, makes it paste-like. 
uh, and uh, and then you add uh, your own PRP, which you spin from uh, from your own blood just before surgery, and the three together. So three components that are not patentable today, uh, but the three together. Uh, and just recently, uh, about uh, three weeks ago, uh, we uh, we got the patent from the U.S. Uh, for the combination of the three, and that was a, a really big deal uh, because essentially it protects uh, this in both the composition that uh, that I just described and the method of use, which is uh, for any repair of soft tissue. So this was a really, really big, uh, really big breakthrough for the the company. And and I, I know patent news is kind of boring uh, sometimes and virtually impossible to read. Uh, but uh, but for the company, this was uh, uh, probably provided more um, more value to shareholders uh, that day than uh, than any other activity. Uh, well, and by explaining this here, you're right. Reading a patent for uh, application, you, you're going to go to sleep 99% of us. But the way you presented here, one plus two equals three. We yep. can, so so Phil, let it, the old way is turkey baster runs off. How much more effective generally, or just generally, is it with with the Kaidozan? And the polymer, yep. you know, uh, elements that it's got. Great, uh, great segue, uh, George. Uh, it's okay. like you, uh, it's like you knew about this. So essentially, what happened? But I actually didn't. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's why I'm surprised. Uh, so essentially, what happens is when you're able to uh, create this paste, have it, uh, have it coagulate a little bit. Uh, and so what the surgeon does is they do their regular uh, cuff repair in this case. Uh, so they do that with the suture. And then as you see in the picture here, the, the uh, ortho R is delivered through a syringe. This is all done arthroscopically. Uh, so, uh, so there's no invasive uh, procedure and it takes about six minutes more than the procedure itself. And then you lay the, uh, the, the ortho R on the bottom and the top of, uh, of the repair. And it stays on for six weeks at least. Uh, That's so, several magnitudes. That's yeah, exactly. You know, it sounds uh, about 12, 10 to 12 times longer than the, than the status quo. That, that's exactly right. So that's the magic. So for six weeks, while the tissue is repaired, it's uh, it's sucking up all of the uh, uh, of the the, the platelets, uh, the growth factors, leukocytes, uh, and uh, uh, to uh, to repair the soft tissue. So the hope is we're going to see in humans exactly what we saw in the uh, preclinical models. And this is a, a really key slide that uh, gets uh, all the surgeons really excited. So a normal tendon, uh, you see the, the top slide, these are, uh, these are uh, uh, histology slides. So essentially uh, uh, you see what the tendon looks like normally. And then when they're repaired with the standard of care. So remember I, I spoke uh, about scar tissue being formed. And uh, when you see uh, this, even if you're not a pathologist, you kind of recognize if anybody has a scar on their body, that's what it kind of looks like. Uh, and, uh, and so scar tissue is again, very, uh, very uh, fragile. And uh, lo and behold, the third one uh, is the repaired tissue uh, with ortho R. Uh, and what you see is about 80% uh, native tissue. That's never been seen before. And it looks a uh, lot more yeah, uh, it, it like looks the, exactly. the non-injured tendon. That's exactly right. So that's what we're really hopeful uh, and what we saw in the, uh, in the preclinical studies. And these were, uh, these were sheep. Uh, and uh, we saw that, uh, that uh, the, the repair was more robust. It lasted longer. And, uh, and of course, uh, you can't uh, hold sheep back. So they, they started running immediately after. So we'll see what, uh, we'll see what happens. Uh, well, I'm glad you brought that up. That's a really big point because the sheep aren't the, the ultimate, sheep are not the optimal patients. Uh, you, you injected uh, ortho R, but yep. instead of 
okay, George, you can't really move your shoulder now for a little while and give it yep. a chance to really heal. Yep. Even with the sheep literally running 10 seconds later, yep. this is the kind of result that you got. So yep. that must give you a lot of confidence. I know we stepped away from the clinical trials, but this must give you a great deal of confidence that you're going to be able to hit and knock it out of the park. With, you know, with, sometimes, uh, yeah, thank you, George. Yes, I, that certainly was a was a big, uh, big part for me and, and a, kind of a fun anecdote. Uh, okay, I spoke a little bit about this, so I'm not going to spend a lot of time. Um, uh, the reason that the FDA reset the rules on regenerative products is uh, because it was the Wild West uh, out there. And remember, as I said, there's all uh, this biological products, uh, stem cells and, uh, uh, and PRP and blood. Uh, and unfortunately, uh, uh, infection uh, happened in the reconstitution or, or they were contaminated, sorry, and caused infection and a couple of deaths. So FDA basically said, sorry, guys, uh, no more uh, promotion because FDA doesn't, um, it doesn't uh, uh, tell doctors what they can do, of course. They tell doctors what they can advertise. Uh, and, uh, and they said, look, uh, the, the no more uh, regenerative medicine therapies have not been approved for treatment of any orthopedic condition. And that was in their memo that they sent out to the industry. And, uh, and, uh, and as I said, uh, we're kind of lucky uh, because uh, the Polytechnic uh, just were already on their way and, uh, and we were able to submit uh, the, um, uh, the IND uh, to the FDA uh, about uh, two months after the the, the moratorium was uh, was completely uh, in place, so uh, so we're uh, we're really lucky on on this one. Um, so uh, we are now in the clinical trial, uh, and uh, we have launched the the clinical clinical trial. Um, this is a what's called a phase one two trial. So uh, we're going to combine the safety studies and the first. Um, efficacy indication study. So we've combined the two. That's also a nice benefit that the FDA is, uh, has allowed us to do. Uh, and, uh, and as such, uh, always a primary endpoint is a safety study. Uh, so we're going to look at the number of retears and adverse events. Uh, but very importantly, we're going to look at secondary endpoints like pain and uh, validate shoulder function. So are people able to get back to, uh, to, uh, to full function more quickly? And then we'll be able to see through MRI what the stru structural assessment is. And that's going to be really key. So we, we believe very strongly that after the phase two trial, we'll have enough data, at least directionally, because this is not powered as 70, 70, uh, 75 patients in this trial. This is not powered to show statistical significance in all of these things, but we certainly uh, will uh, we'll, uh, get to see uh, things that will allow us uh, to potentially uh, begin very serious uh, discussions with development partners and potential acquisition targets. Uh, so that is, uh, that is uh, the, the desire. So the, the, and then uh, that's important from shareholders' point of view. You don't need to wait to the very, very, very end to find out what you got. As yep. you get through the different phases and get a lot of data in, I've got to assume uh, a lot, some or a lot of the big players in the industry know this is happening and got to be watching because they've seen the patent, they've seen the FDA approval for the clinical trials. So I've, I've got to presume you've attracted some pretty good attention. Well, uh, that's a two-way street, right, uh, George? So we, the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the large ortho companies uh, that have uh, all of the, uh, the surgical repair tools that are used in these kinds of surgeries are well known to us too. 
And, uh, and I certainly take it as my responsibility to make sure they know. Uh, so not just by happenstance. Uh, so uh, we are, uh, we are uh, talking uh, with them. Uh, we're, we're already in, engaged in, in discussions with them and, uh, and they're, uh, they are looking at and waiting for uh, the results of the, uh, of the trial. So we put uh, this, uh, this next slide in um, to, uh, to just identify the sites of the trial. There are 10 uh, clinical trial sites that have been identified. We're now fully contracted in six of those sites. Four of them has been initiated, so we're already starting to recruit patients. Uh, two more initiation visits are planned over the next two weeks. Uh, so we'll have a full uh, six sites uh, up and running in the next couple of weeks. And all 10 sites, uh, certainly by uh, mid-July, uh, beginning of October. And uh, what's particular uh, about, um, about this kind of surgery is uh, all of these surgeons have a, a waiting list, uh, not a waiting list, but uh, essentially scheduled surgeries for six to eight weeks in advance. So unlike other clinical trials, all of the patients uh, in this clinical trial are right. already identified kind of thing. Right, right. Instead of calling in and saying, anybody interested in this, uh, exactly. the secretary can call up George, hey, George, you're coming in four weeks. Do you want to be part of this? That's and exactly right, which is uh, really comforting, uh, yeah. really comforting for us. Uh, and so we think uh, with all fingers crossed that uh, we'll, uh, we'll be able to recruit the trial fairly quickly and, uh, and hope that by the, uh, the end of the first quarter next year, we'll have completed all of the recruiting. And then there is a, a one year follow up in the trial. All of these sites, uh, George, were, uh, were the, the surgeons were uh, very, very carefully selected uh, because these people have, uh, these surgeons have relationships with the ortho industry by definition. Uh, and so we're going to be able to uh, build relationships with them and then through their relationships with others, uh, find ways to, uh, to find a, a development partner. I was about uh, to say, this is almost like a bit of a built-in marketing and awareness program I, as well, because if and hopefully when all this goes really well, You've you've got you've already got surgeons ready to go who are going to want it, and naturally they're going to get you know on the proverbial phone yep. and tell two friends. We're going to tell two friends say, hey, we got something here. Yeah, so, uh, that's so if all goes uh, well. That should pretty much go viral. That's uh, what we uh, that's what we hope for, and that's that's my job to make sure that uh, every element of uh, of how we're developing this uh, sort of creates that uh, crescendo. So this is a, essentially just a summary of, uh, of what I, I talked about, um, the phase one, two clinical trials we're going to have in the second half of, uh, of 2023. Uh, that's when, uh, way before then, so I'm already starting to have discussions with uh, development, uh, potential development partners. Uh, and, uh, and so we, uh, we feel pretty confident uh, that, as you mentioned, uh, the, uh, uh, the, 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 the exit uh, in this uh, organization, and whether it be a, an exit in the traditional sense of an acquisition, uh, or even more likely, uh, just a development partner who wants to, uh, to tag right. along and have first rights of refusal, uh, will both be a very big uh, milestone and in, in inflection points. The other and the thing, latter one, I think, is actually better because it gives you time to, to, to jointly, pardon the pun, uh, grow this market <laughs> over two or three years after that and get maximum value for uh, for both of you and including or including ortho shareholders. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. And the other really big uh, value inflection point here, George, that's why I think it's a particularly good time is at the end of phase one, the first five patients uh, is the end of phase one. Uh, at the end of phase one, we'll be through what FDA put the moratorium on there for, right? We'll be able to prove to the FDA that there were no infections, that there were no contaminations in our process. 
uh, and uh, and they uh, they will give us uh, right uh, uh, sometime in August of this year. They'll give us the right to continue to recruit the trial uh, through the end. Uh, obviously, nothing is guaranteed, and I'm not guaranteeing it'll happen. But the timing is uh, is is going to be in that flavor. Uh, so the the value of the organization after uh, when we're into phase two uh, starts to get really interesting because that's when our partner uh, conversations will intensify. And then finally, uh, everybody likes to look at a comparator. Uh, and uh, in our case, uh, there's been a lot of uh, interest in the orthopedic space. Uh, orthopedics hasn't progressed. Uh, oops, I'm sorry. That's all right. Hey, it's uh, a computer and people are going to call. It's a good thing that people are calling you. <laughs> uh, and the, uh, and so we're, uh, we're, uh, these are uh, transactions over the last uh, uh, you know, uh, four to five, uh, I'm sorry, eight, uh, eight to five years. Uh, and uh, and we're going to be in a position uh, that uh, hopefully we'll be able to uh, to build uh, the the rationale uh, for the transactions to be there. So we're a, you know uh, uh, we're a, an eight ten million dollar company now uh, through phase one. I'd like to think that uh, we're going to take a, a pretty nice bump. And then uh, when it comes time to development partners, uh, this is at least uh, what we'll be citing as the other examples uh, in in. And you've exactly, got a pretty nice range there, anywhere from two hundred ten exactly million to one point seven billion. Yep. Yep. So, uh, so that's, uh, that's basically the, uh, the story, George. That's why I, I think that it's, uh, it was really exciting for me to, uh, to join the organization at this particular time. Quite frankly, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, I, I'm a little guilt. I feel a little guilty because a lot of the heavy lifting has been done. Uh, getting the IMB from the FDA was a pain in the yeah. rear. Uh, it's, uh, it was delayed by five or six months. Uh, uh, more than that, I think about seven months. Uh, getting the the sites all selected, that's all completed now. Uh, having uh, the uh, the Polytechnic continue to do research and be able to obtain grants through our partnership, uh, so we get uh, non dilutive funding in the organization, uh, and uh, and I get to uh, to slip in here and uh, and take some of the credit uh, for something that uh, that other people uh, really uh, uh, really have built nicely. So my job well, is. Well, it's to a great indication of your leadership that you're not trying to take all the spotlight you're acknowledging oh that it's it's been built by a team you know over over time before you got there which is which is a great indication of your leadership though well i, I appreciate that george it's uh, it's absolutely the truth uh, so uh, so this is uh, this has been fun i hope your listeners uh, get a flavor for uh, for what uh, what's happening at uh, at ortho uh, and um, i'm going to stop sharing my screen here so we can uh, uh, so, uh, as people uh, understand a little bit more, uh, we'll uh, we'll uh, uh, we'll be in a place uh, that uh, we're going to be out on the road and, and try to tell this story as uh, as much as we possibly can. Well, I got to tell you, that was an easy story to understand. That's the great part. I'm gonna I'm not gonna re rehash what you said because you said so perfectly. So I'm not gonna butcher anything. But what I really enjoyed about that, Phil, is that. I, at no time was I confused or lost or not sure. It's pretty straightforward, mm -hmm. you know. Uh, tears, Turkey Baster is basically the status quo. In comes you and the ortho team with a polymer that makes it a lot more sticky, pardon the pun, and yep. by several magnitudes, lasts four to six weeks as opposed to uh, four to six days. No, uh, for 24 hours. Or 24 hours, yeah, that's right, or yep. 24. So so it's, it's very straightforward, and it's like you said, uh, it, it was a pretty simple formulation, one plus one, the components, mm -hmm. uh, and you couldn't patent any of those individually, but you put three really smart components together and you've got a patentable, potentially paradigm shifting solution. So 
Thanks for explaining yeah. it to us. And uh, it's exciting. It's a big market. And the best part about it is we're all going to be impacted by this one way or another. If it's not us, it's going to be family, it's going to be friends or our favorite athletes. So knowing that potentially this is going to be on the horizon into a massively compounded annual annual growth rate industry mm -hmm. uh, is, is great to know. And we really appreciate it, Phil. That was excellent. Well well, thank you. Uh, thank you so much, uh, George. Thanks for the, your time and, uh, and your interest. And, uh, and uh, thanks uh, in advance uh, to uh, all of your listeners that might want to participate in uh, investing in our company. Yep, absolutely. And we're going to make sure a lot of them see that. But in the meantime, congratulations and, and thanks for joining us, Phil. All right. All the best to you. For everybody at home, you've been watching or you've been listening by podcast on Spotify, Google, Apple, your favorite podcast platform. To Philippe Deschamps, the CEO of Ortho Regenerative Technologies, Trades in Canada under ORTH for friends in the U.S. under ORTIF. Normally at this point, I'd say if you want to do your due diligence, get over to Agoracom and take a look at the profile page. And by the way, you can and you should. But this deck was all the due diligence you needed. If you need to go back and kind of watch a couple parts again, I think every single slide was extremely valuable. Uh, and hopefully today you discovered your next amazing, great small cap uh, company. Thanks for joining us. Have a great day. Talk to you next time. Hey guys, this podcast is over. But don't forget to help your company by liking it or even leaving a comment. And then don't forget to help yourself by following us on Spotify, Google, Apple, or on your favorite podcast platform, so you will never miss another one great Agora Gomez Small Cap Podcast.